welcome back to The Chosen Life. Now, on The Chosen Life, we cover many different arenas. We've covered uh, politics, sports, including wrestling, boxing. We've gone into religion. Today, we are going into Hollywood acting. His birth certificate may say Bernard Robichaux, but we know him as Cyrus. Cyrus, Bernard, welcome to The Chosen Life. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. That's a pleasure. I got to tell you, it's taken some time to put together some of our guests. Uh, when you say, screw off, I got work to do, you mean it. It's, uh, I think this is our 10th rescheduling, and uh, I'm based in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. You're over in L.A., correct? Uh, no, I'm in Carmel, actually, uh, Pebble Beach. Amazing. And uh, how did you find uh, your way over there? Did you relocate there recently or a few years ago? I've been here almost five years now um yeah um yeah i came out with my uh um my wife at the time and um uh yeah um never look haven't looked back it's been uh it's been great so you're kind of taking full circle so for uh for those of us that uh you know know you as cyrus think of you as based in canada coming out from nova scotia that wasn't the case you actually started off american born correct yes yeah boston yeah Boston. So from Boston, uh, modeling, acting, uh, comedian, writer, you wear a lot of hats. How did you find uh, your I way? Worn a couple. Yeah. Yeah. I have worn a couple. There's, there's no doubt. I'm not, sh I'm not sure how good I was at, at any of them, but <laughs> I guess, um, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, from Boston, how did you find your way to the East Coast, and how did they capture you to get, to get you started on Trailer Park Boys? Well, I grew up in Halifax. My dad uh, moved back to uh, Canada when I was a young boy, um, so uh, I grew up in Halifax. Um, so we kept the uh, my dad has still has uh, we still have family there. Um, I don't I haven't seen them since my dad passed um, maybe fourteen years ago, but. Uh, yeah, there's still family there in Boston. Amazing. And uh, yeah, so I just, uh, I grew up there and I, I don't think I ever really thought that there would be any uh, reason at the time when you're younger, I, I, you know, it's always kind of cool to know that you're American and, and you have this, you know, dual citizenship thing that, you know, may or may not, I never thought I'd ever need it, uh, to be honest with you. It really didn't come into play until uh, eighteen. Uh, and they, I, I, you know, I, initially I was have to make a decision at twenty-one back in the day uh, to make a decision to become an American or a Canadian, um, and then Selective Service uh, came in in nineteen seventy-eight, and and Amnesty for Vietnam draft dodgers came in from the United States, and that exempt anybody that had been draft dodgers and allowed them to come back to uh, come back home. And at that time, they brought in a law stating that anyone born in the United States would be an American citizen to the day they died, which uh, from there forward meant that you had to register for selective service and they could go into any country you lived in. There would be no more draft dodging. So, so I, so I had to sign, I had to sign for, you know, register for selective service. I still have the letter. And, um, and yeah, and that, at that point, then, yeah, I, uh, there was, there was no, 
there was no changing that around anymore. There was, you know, I was an American and I was still Canadian by naturalization. So it just, yeah, I was lucky. And, and for those of us here, you know, we st you'll always be Canadian for us. You know, I, I think it, it before we were talking and before we went on the air, I mentioned that, uh, you know, for around these parts in, in Ontario and I think most of Canada, you're a cult hero, you know, an idol to us as far as the Cyrus character and how that came to be on Trailer Park Boys. And you said that kind of blew your mind. Tell me a little more about that. Well, I don't think that I've ever really thought of myself as that guy. Um, I've always really just appreciated being able to take the words off paper and make them my own and create something that people appreciate it. Um, Cyrus, I think the character itself was, uh, you know, for the most part, um, people loved to hate him. And, uh, you, you know, as much as uh, for the first few years, it, it was difficult. People would, uh, when people didn't realize, uh, a lot of people didn't realize that it was, it wasn't a <laughs> that it wasn't real <laughs> it was it was like a reality tv and the, i think a lot of people thought it because of the way it was shot that it was real so the first few years i i dealt with a lot of people that you know um would come up to me and and call me names and picking on those guys and, <laughs> and i was like uh, so um I, I guess that was just a bit of a justification of what uh, what I brought to the character, but um, wasn't easy initially until people realized that it wasn't 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 a real thing. I mean, you know, it was TV. Um, so you know, uh, but I've never I've never really thought of myself as that guy. Um, think it's great that I've been able to create something that. Um, that I brought a smile to some people's faces and, um, and, um, and if that's, that's what I get out of it, uh, you know, that's, that's all I need. Um, I, you know, I've never watched the show. Um, I've never watched anything I've ever been in. Uh, I don't, uh, I can't, I've tried it. Um, it, it doesn't really work for me. So, um, so yeah, I, I go by whatever the people, um say so uh, the first few years i got a lot of, i got a lot of uh you know nasty comments and i still get those you know from people that you know have to kind of go on my social network pages and need me to tell them if i got work to do or i do get that a lot you know people you know email me a lot and say can you just tell me to off and you know and and sure yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any way, better way to say it. I mean, you know, um, I like to be able to say it friendly. <laughs> um, but, that, but that was the catchphrase. That's how people knew it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and I figured people must ask you, at least on a daily basis, uh, to, to quote it. And it's, that's a catchphrase that stuck with everybody. But, it, but there was more to it than that. And it, I, there's a lot of questions that I had for you because I think the internet is very sorely lacking in Cyrus information. And for the call classic of the show and for people that quote you, they want to know this information. And I've, no, I've noticed in chat boards, people saying, why don't we have this info? So today we're going to give it to them. Okay. So let's, let's rock and roll. 
the Corvette. Now, I sent you a picture of a Corvette about two or three weeks ago when we were messaging each other. I said, is that the red Corvette? And you said, no, it doesn't have some words written across it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. first of all, what is, this, what is the story of that Corvette? That was a friend of Rob Wells' um, car that we used in the, in the series. Um, he had brought it back from out west. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's, and so that's all I know. It was an original four-speed. Um, yeah, it was fun to drive. It was, he had a lot of work to do to it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's basically the story behind that. It was just recently sold, I think, to, um, um, a fan. I, I, I think he contacted me on Facebook. I think it was, um, and, uh, wanted me to, uh, I think there's a, a point I, I'm back in Halifax, uh, and Moncton on, in August, uh, for a couple of weeks. Um, or a week and a half anyway, and then I'm going back to Toronto to see my daughter before I head back to uh, California here. And uh, yeah, he had talked to me about maybe signing it or getting a picture with me with it. Um, so uh, that, may, that may happen. I, I, and I'm just kind of flying by the seat of my pants when I go out there. I want to see my mom for <clears throat> my mom and um, and uh, some family before uh because I don't know. I mean, it's been four years since I've been back there, since I've seen anybody. So, uh, and God knows when I'll get back. It, it's, business is so crazy out here. It's uh, it's hard to. Uh, I have to schedule a day off just to take a day off. Um, I have to almost force myself because I I kind of like being out there. So, uh, but that's the um, that and uh, just the short of it. That, but that's that's the story on the Corvette, though. That's. Um, didn't start a lot of times when we first had it. Uh, I yelled broom out the window a few times and we would push it back down a driveway and I would pop the clutch and get it going. Uh, so there were there were some moments there where a little they were a little messed up. So but uh, it was a very, uh, very tricky little cut clutches. I remember back then uh, didn't have any air conditioning in it. So with the leather jacket on and shooting in the summer, it was a little it was a little rough sometimes because the T-tops didn't come off the first couple of seasons. So that was, uh, that wasn't much fun. Uh, I, yeah, I think we didn't get them off until maybe this, I don't know. I think it was season four or five when I finally, finally was shooting and could get them off. But the first season they, they, they weren't, they didn't come off. I don't think so. Was it the same car used throughout all the tapings? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Buddy, I wish I knew that thing was available because I would be the proud owner of it right now. I had no idea that it was still around. You know, you never know because also I know that right across that nobody blew up at some point. So it's alive and well. <laughs> no, it never blew up. No, he he, uh, he put a lot of money into that car and into, into fixing it up. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen the interior, or what it's done or what he did with it finally. But uh, I do know that he put a lot of money into it because it was uh, an original four-speed L82, and I don't think there were many of those. I think there were a lot of 76, 77 Corvettes out there in that, you know, but I don't think there were many four-speeds made, and I think that was the big the big deal of the car. I think it was a 79, if I'm not mistaken? No, I think it was a 77. A I thought it was 70. Okay. Yeah. All so, oh, the body styles were pretty close to that in that through that those years anyway 76 through 79 i think so and yeah. uh any particular reason you know if they came up with the corvette or that was the cool car that was available at the time i don't know um i, I don't know i mean it, you know it 
kind of makes sense that he might have a Corvette. That I'm sure that was part of the genius of Clattenburg putting the the show together um, and I, looking for something. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I was happy it was a Corvette and and not not Leahy's car or the or the mobile or something. <laughs> I did find a lame mobile, by the way, not that long ago. Those are also not that easy to find. They're out oh, there. Oh, sure, they're, they're not. Yeah, no, those are the Chrysler's. Yeah, I'm sure that those are like love. They were like those are like love boats. <laughs> but I think you the Corvette. The family of ten in there. <laughs> but the Corvette suited uh, Cyrus's character. Like that was with the leather jacket, everything. The the red Corvette. I think it was perfect. I think they did find yeah. the right car. I think they could have, they probably could have used a Camaro too for, you know, I, I, I suppose, but uh, yeah, the, uh, the Corvette was, yeah, it was, it was nice to be, uh, it was a nice, nice bonus. Yeah. Now did, did you yourself it, during your lifetime ever own a Corvette Camaro? That's our car. Are you a sports car kind of guy? I, I'm a sports car kind of guy, but I've never owned a, never owned a Corvette. Um, never owned a Camaro. I've owned a, yeah, uh, the only Chev sports car I had was a 96 um, Impala SS. They came out with the L, uh, LT1 motor in it, engine in it. I think it was like a Corvette engine that they put in those. I, I kept it for a couple of years and then sold that. And then I got, then I went that, then I went to a Cadillac STS. I had a couple of those. Those were those were kind of nice, luxurious, but and then um, uh, then I went to BMW, and um, three three five. Then I had a six thirty five i convertible, and uh, or six fifty, and a five three five, and an M six. And uh, I had problems with the M6, and uh, it was—I mean—you could watch the gas needle, the needle go down. <laughs> you just had to drive that around a week, you know. And gas—you know—at the time, gas gas wasn't that bad. <laughs> now it's atrocious. So, so yeah, it's crazy uh, right now. But you know, at the time, it was—it um, wasn't that bad. But it, you know, you could watch the—you could watch the needle. Um, go from full to empty in, in you know a few days it, it was heavy on the gas that, that was the v10 lamborghini engine they that they had in it so yeah uh nice car a uh, little bulky i got rid of that and um i have an sl 550 uh, mercedes now and uh i, I quite like that I, I like it better than i like the m6 to be honest with you um little sportier a little lower to the ground um twin turbo i get the zero to 60 in 3.6 seconds or something something ridiculous uh, it's 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 a little land rocket that's for sure it's yeah it's fun to drive as you're saying the cars i'm running through my mind i'm like okay the impala yes i can see cyrus driving that yeah and then, then you're saying the sds's could kind of see that as the but the BMWs and the Mercedes, I cannot see the Cyrus character driving those at all. Yeah. Unless, no, it's, it's, unless a, it's stolen or something. Yeah, it's not a, it's not an SC, uh, yeah, it's not a Cyrus kind of thing. I, I don't mind getting away from the Cyrus look so much. Yes. I mean, because people still recognize me even out here with a ball cap and a bib on while I'm caddying. So it's 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 not something that's leaving me anytime soon, that's for sure. So if I can drive something else that's not gonna be on it. I did I did try to get an uh 
I did try to get the uh, personalized plate out here in California with Cyrus one on it for my car. Yes. And somebody in Los Angeles got it. <laughs> wow. I'm not, I'm, see, <laughs> yeah. people know. People but it know. was funny. Yeah, it's funny. I went with one Cyrus. <laughs> just uh, I haven't got it yet, but I, I, I thought, well, you know, maybe it's just the one Cyrus. But just <laughs> well, now people driving There's on only the... one Cyrus, so I don't know. Uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, we're warning people. Then you're driving on the freeway. You see one Cyrus, see a Mercedes. <laughs> you know who it is now. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's him. So, yeah. you know, eat, eat, breathing, sleeping. A character when you're when you're when you're in it. How much of that character really is you and how much is it you playing a character regardless of your own personality, do you feel? Hmm. Like, can you look at yourself? Well, growing I, up think and say, any, yeah. I think when you're developing any character, there's always, you know, there's always a, a good portion of you that's part of that just because, uh, well, I mean, you're creating it. There's, you know, you, you've only got yourself to kind of work with uh so i don't think there's anything you can do about that i think there's always gonna be no matter who you are whoever the actor is i think there's always gonna be a portion of that character that you're taking from your own life experience in order to create it so it's it's inevitable that that's gonna happen as far as i'm concerned so um i don't know that I don't know that he's me. I think that I created him from characters that I grew up with and the uh, experiences that I had. And, and maybe some of them is me from, you know, from shit that I got into, but um, as I was growing up, but as a whole, um, I, I mean, I'm nothing like that guy. Um, I don't know how many people are fortunately in this society, but I think there's a little piece of all of us that are Osiris, you know, at the end of the day, there's that good angel and there's a the devil, you know, and yeah, I think there's always going to be stuff like that too. You know, uh, um, you know, we've all, I'm sure we've all gone through our um, trials and tribulations as we were growing up and trying to find ourselves. And, and uh, I think Cyrus as a character is still, or as a, as a being is still trying to find himself in many ways. Uh, um, and just from, you know, trying to be Julian's friend at a dance and, you know, he, you know, he's, he, I don't think he really knows where he is, you know, um, he's, he's, he was a character that was all over the place in order. And, and somewhat, some of that was the writing, of course, as well. And some of it was just because, you know, we were shooting something that looked like a reality TV series and, and uh, we needed to uh, make it look like he was spending time in jail. So, you know, it's, there's a lot of stuff, you know, stuff, you know, episodes jump from one spot to another and, you know, it doesn't, uh, doesn't always jive. And, you know, so there's, there's a lot going on there. And that was a trailblazing show. I mean, considering that it started off in the East coast and you think it'd be a Canadian, a Canadian uh, hit, but you know, people know it all over the States. Snoop Dogg was on it. So the show really exploded, but you were on there from first episode season one. So one of the, one of the questions that flows to my mind is who came up with the Cyrus character? Where did it all originate from? Was that your brainchild? Oh, that was that was cattle. Uh, that was that was Clatton, Mike Clattenburg. I I I you know uh, he wasn't in the original movie, uh, the original black and right. white. Uh, Cyrus showed up in season one, episode one. Um, yeah. Um, Do you remember reading for the uh, part and how that oh, went? Yeah, yeah. 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 Tell, no, tell us about very, that, please. Yeah, um, got a call in a 
Friday evening after supper from Barry Dunn and asked me if I could, uh, yeah, that he and Mike had uh, a part they wanted me to read. There was no guarantees of me getting it, but Mike needed it, me to audition on a Saturday morning. Could I drive down from Moncton to Halifax Saturday morning and, and meet them and, uh, and audition for the part? And I, I said, sure. So um, that's what I did. Um, audition lasted probably, I don't know, half an hour. Mike um, put a camera on me and just uh, chucked shit at me and uh, yelled and screamed and uh, was looking for reactions that I would get. And he wanted that sort of to be the case that he and I were bitching at one another. And um, so that's what I gave him. I gave him, uh, I gave him my version, uh, you know, growing up in a tough neighborhood. Uh, which I did. So um, learned to handle myself while I was on, while I was doing that. Um, uh, he sent it off to Alliance Atlantis. I got the call uh, on on the Monday from Barry in the afternoon saying I got the part. That was, that was fast. It was a quick turnaround because uh, Alliance Atlantis was looking at somebody else to play Cyrus at the time. And uh, so I think the whole thing was for them to prove that they didn't need to go to Toronto or outside of the area in order to find somebody to play that character. Amazing. Um, and did you know Barry beforehand? Like, were you guys friends before yeah. uh, all this? Yeah. Uh, I've known Barry a long time. Uh, his wife, Caitlin, and I had done some work together. Um, she was uh, she was like a you know she was kind of like a big sister to me for a, for a long time while I was in the industry in Halifax and started to grow and and um, so she was she was very good to me and uh, Barry um, you know that's how I met Barry initially um, through her and um, yeah well, I mean that's I was. 28 29 at the time so and then how soon after that did you guys start shooting um i'm not exactly sure what the time frame was on that it was it it wasn't much longer it was a couple i was about a month month and a half out that's usually the case though you know many ways it's it, you know um everything is set up before they start looking i mean main characters maybe um chosen by them but second supporting roles stuff like that you know it's usually a, a month out before they they uh they start i think it was probably about a month before uh went to camera hmm. and you're talking about cyrus's character as far as uh him finding himself there's the one speech that always sticks out where he talks about the relationship with his father yeah and people must ask you all the time to repeat that one where he's where he says safety always off and uh you know my father gave it to me in grade three was it grade seven grade seven and and his, yeah. his reaction to that was <laughs> told me he was proud of me once that's actually the true story though uh you know when uh, we were when we were um ad-libbing all that um because that's that was all ad-lib um oh really i didn't know yeah, that's, that part that's that's all ad lib stuff um yeah um 
yeah, Mike was asking questions. It was an interview. Um, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, that, that part, uh, my dad telling me he was proud of me once. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a true story. That actually, that happened. Um, not by giving me a gun, um, obviously, but, uh, and not a great seven, certainly. So we talk about the Corvette, we talk about the Corvette. There's every time you turn on that car and you've heard this a million times, but we're going to talk about a million, a million and one. That song that comes on, and it comes on always in the perfect cue. Who picked the song I'm Old, You're Young by Rick Jeffrey? Yeah, that, uh, Mike Clattenburg. Uh, Mike. My, Mike's father was a was an accomplished uh, musician, drummer, I think. and Mike is too. Um, yeah. Um, Mike chose that. He knew the family, and uh, yeah, Rick was uh, Rick. I think Rick and his brother Jack. I think they both passed so uh, before. And uh, yeah, so Mike, uh, Mike contacted the family, and he, he used. Uh, I, I don't know. That was the only track maybe he used. I don't know. I think that was the uh, only, and it was that. And it was always in the same point in the song. No matter if you're getting into the car, coming in, driving in, it was always that one point yeah. of the song. It's definitely the only song that I, that he used for Cyrus. Whether or not it's the only song that he used that uh, Rick, um, you know, performed in his uh, in any of his concerts or anything like that, I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's that's where the song came from. Anyway, Re your reaction the first time hearing the song, any? Um, well, I didn't hear it until um, you know the everything was produced. Uh, I think it was the first time I heard that. Um, so you're driving yeah, in, they're not yeah, actually blaring it in the background, correct? What's that again? No, I don't hear it in the background at all. No, no, I didn't. No, that's all. That's all done afterwards. That's all in editing post, ah, post, post production. Okay, well, stuff. We've taken away some of the magic now, because we always assume that it actually is blaring as you're driving in. It is not. There wasn't a, there wasn't a, there wasn't a deck or anything in the car that worked. So. <laughs> I wish there were, but no, there wasn't. There wasn't. No, that was no, unfortunately. And it's a cool song when you hear the point of that song when it's playing, but you actually look at the the lyrics. It's actually quite funny and quite Cyrus-ish if you actually think about it. I'm yeah. old, you're young. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's funny. I've I've got um, I've been contacted by uh, fans that have, that use it actually as a ringtone, which is kind of kind of wild. Um, but yeah, uh, it's uh certainly gained more popularity because of the show that's for sure yeah i i can certainly tell you you know doing podcasting and you know uh quoting you almost on a daily basis in uh side talks with friends and colleagues because honestly it had that kind of effect i was saying to them one day how cool it'd be to have a cyrus podcast and have <laughs> cyrus in cyrus talk it's it's hilarious you know the movie uh happy gilmore yes i do yeah okay shooter mcgavin right yeah yeah when he does his cameos, he doesn't do it as his name. He's Shooter McGavin. That's it. Everybody will uh, always know him as Shooter, and that's Shooter, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've never been asked to do a cameo that I wasn't Cyrus. <laughs> yeah, no, everybody everybody asked me to do it as Cyrus. And, you know, that's, uh, I guess, again, I guess a tribute to the, uh, to the character. Um, and... Uh, I haven't. I have. I've, I've, I think I've got a a full five star rating. I, I've I've never gotten 
I've never gotten less than a five-star rating from anybody, which is quite uh, generous of them all. Um, well, you're, yeah, so you're I guess I made a lot of them happy with that. So that's kind of nice. Well, you're certainly a professional as far as, you know, you're always going to be working and, you know, very diligent. And, you know, I've, I've read articles and interviews with you in the past talking about roles. And it seems you, you, you get into a role, you take that role on. You don't do anything half-assed. If you're in it, you're in it 100%. Yeah, of course. I don't think you should do anything, uh, uh, you know, half-assed. Um, I, I think I, my dad instilled that in me, though. That was one of the one of the good things that I've gotten from my dad is, you know, uh, I think he always said, you know, drive it or park it. Um, you know, so um, yeah, I, I think everything you do, you should do it a hundred percent or don't do it at all. What's the? I don't know what the point would be, um, especially in that. I'm. I think you know, as a Grown up as an athlete or an entertainer or artist, I think you tend to be a bit of a perfectionist. Um, as an athlete, you're always looking for an edge, and you know how can I be faster? How can I put more weight on? How can be stronger? Whatever, whatever the, whatever it is that you're lacking, what do you what do you need in order to be there to get to that goal that you're striving for? And I think uh, it's very true in many ways with artists or entertainers too. I think we're all kind of in that little perfectionist kind of bubble where we want to, we want to do it right. We want to make it as real as possible. And uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know anybody that doesn't do it, you know, I put a hundred percent into it, but I'm certainly one of those guys that um, tries to do that as best I can. There's no, no doubt. No, but it doesn't matter what I do. I, try to do it the best I can. I don't think there's any point. And um, I don't think there's any point in doing anything that's not 100% or putting your heart into it. And, so. I think, and I think that's why people believe you as Cyrus. That's why they get mad at you. And they truly believe that that is a real person. That's a real character. And that shows you, you know, how, how you portrayed it. And that that's where you know I, I again you you with your schedule and how I remember every week two weeks I'd say to my producer I think this is the week we got Bernard I think we're gonna tape it and they writes back to me at Sunday night he goes hey did you make it happen I said uh, bleep off he had work to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he said he actually has work to do and that line actually holds who came up that's... with that who who came up with the line bleep off I got work to do uh. It wasn't in the script. I think I just said, fuck off. I got work to do when, when I was on the set. So that was another ad lib that just took. I, yeah, I don't remember it being in this, in, in the, uh, in there. I mean, I used fuck a lot growing up in my neighborhood. So it wouldn't, it doesn't surprise me at all. But I'm pretty sad I fucked up. I got work to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so is there, yeah. is, there is, is there a giant poster in your house of you in a leather jacket with the gun saying, bleep off, I got work to do? No, no. Actually, a, a few years ago, uh, um, one of my fans did a, whew, I don't know, must be a three by three feet by three by four foot canvas of me and the Flappy Bird Brothers with the Uzis and the car in the background and me and my leather jacket. Yeah. It's, uh, unfortunately, it's still back in the, <clears throat> back in Canada I haven't I haven't gotten a chance to uh to get it uh back my, my daughter's going down uh I don't know if she's there now or not but she's I know she's going there to pick up 
um, all her stuff and grab whatever I've got left in in the area and, and bringing it to Toronto. So, um, yeah. It'll that's find its uh, way to your home that's one the only day. thing. And I never, I never hung that up. Um, honestly, it was, uh, it was uh, a nice tribute. And, um, but I don't think I could ever hang something like that up. I would be more apt to take that and, and, um, and auction it um, at a, at a, you know, a benefit for underprivileged children or something. That's, that's nice. where, that's probably what I would do. That's what's happened to a lot of the stuff that I had for the show. And autograph it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would autograph it for sure. And, uh, you know, but I would leave the, uh, the, the gentleman that painted it, uh, his name there for sure as well. Maybe I could just sign something on the back of it too. I don't know, but, um, that's, probably what i would do with it and, and maybe i will still do that some sometime down the road just to uh if it brings uh brings some joy i've signed other posters that we've had and and auctioned them off as well and, and uh they've always um they've always done well are there any pieces of cyrus memorabilia that you held on to I still have my jacket, the last jacket that I used, and I still have the last sunglass that I use. I use those for the cameos, actually. Um, I still have, um, I have a nine millimeter that I used to take on stage with me when I was traveling and doing stand up as Cyrus. Um, I still have that. Um, but, you know, for the, there might be a piece here and there, but it's, it's small. Um, I think I have the uh, I think I have the VIP tag for the red carpet for the you know for um, for the last movie maybe um, but no generally speaking I don't I don't keep that stuff it's how, how, how many jackets do you figure were in circulation to know the uh, there were there were only three uh, the first one uh, auctioned off after season five along with the bullet belt and the armani sunglasses and jacket two jacket two again auctioned off uh for a charity event in alberta nice. a guy a guy that owned a, a, a you know uh uh uh, like a Corvette bought it actually I signed the uh, signed the back of it so he could put it with the car um and jacket three I have still Jackie. so I probably won't get rid of that one um yeah still working I mean, on I, the cameos not yeah I mean you know I've been very fortunate with the cameos I think I've done a like 1100 of them I think so far um a lot well, goes to show you the fan the fans love you and the fans uh clamor for it and that's where again with this episode we want to give them as much cyrus information as we can because again there's not enough of it in the internet that people want to know so yeah. be, being in, in my mind an original because you were in season one episode one what was the original plan for cyrus do you know like how how, how long they planned to keep him around originally how many episodes or was it be, or what they planned is what they did I, I don't know. I, that, that's that's 
pretty much uh, that would have been a Mike Clattenburg call, I would think, and the writers at the time and the boys, the three boys, I think, you know, and a, a lot of it was just like them, although they uh, were back every year, even though they were in jail, but they did some stuff that was in jail. I think, you know, with Cyrus, uh, you know, the crimes were maybe it just suited to make sense that he was in there a little longer. I mean, you know, season one, two, skip three, four, five, skip six and seven, eight and nine, skip 10, 11, 12, something like that. Uh, three, the three, uh, three seasons of the animated series. I don't know, the one movie I think uh, Reitman didn't want me involved in. They used a different guy for that. Uh, see the second movie, I think I was in some of that. Not sure how much. Uh, never watched it. And uh, the third movie, um, which I think was a bigger, more substantial role for sure. Um, not sure what happened with one and two, first two movies. Just know that uh, I'm in there somewhere. Um, I always uh, felt I always uh, felt that Cyrus was the perfect antagonist. Like he was the perfect nemesis for the for the quote unquote main characters. And I've always felt that he should have been considered one of the main characters. Like just you know, the the fit was perfect. It was there in in the back of your mind. You know, without stepping on toes, did you think that yeah he should have been more in there, or were you happy with the amount of appearances that Cyrus had relatively to the series? I don't know. I think, you know, it is what it is today. I mean, I think at the time, you know, you, you'd like to think that they would use the more, use the character more. I think you're right that the as an antagonist, he was perfect for the three boys. Um, I, I think he could have been utilized more, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, I think that's all. That's all past, and you know, I, I, you know, I, I'm grateful for the time that they did bring me in. You know, I mean, they could have used different, could have shot, killed them off, and who or kept them in jail forever. So, you know, the mere fact that I think the character was, you know, uh, loved even though he was hated, um, and that he. You know, obviously those those Cyrus episodes are, you know, they uh, they generated a high rating. So, you know, uh, I'm grateful for that too. So, uh, you know, I can't really go back and say, uh, you know, I think, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, you always think that you'd like to be used more. I mean, um, but I don't make those decisions. You know, I just they hired me in the initially. Um, I, I I beat out the other actor that. Alliance Atlantis was looking to, you know, you or wanted to use. I think those things in themselves speak volumes and I'm good with that. I mean, you know, people still call me Cyrus. So, I mean, <laughs> it's very difficult to kind of think that, you know, it, it didn't even impact in some way or another. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's good enough for me. Uh, how the rest of the stuff is, uh, hearsay and, and hogwash and and uh uh you know it's it's negative negative energy buddy you know it's no for it's, sure yeah no it's just more reminiscing and thinking of it it's uh where it came to my mind my 16 year old son 
he got into Trader Park Boys, and it shows you how timeless this is because this is many years later, and we started from season one and worked our way through. And that look of excitement when you were back in after you were gone for a few episodes, and now he's back. He's like, Cyrus is back, and he gives me a high five, and he gets all <laughs> excited. And this whole episode was born from one night when we we're watching one of those episodes, and he he looked at me and he said to me, Dad you got to get Cyrus on the show. And I said, Cyrus is a pretty big deal, man. I don't know if we're going to get Cyrus. And I'm like, this is going to take a lot of work. But I told him, you know what? If we can have any Toronto Park boy on this show, it's going to it's gonna be Cyrus. So that was, you know, commending uh, to you and your efforts, man. Well, you, you thank, thank your son for me. Oh, he's, gonna be, he's, he's actually asleep right now. It's uh, When we film LA time versus Toronto time, we're past yeah, midnight little, here. But uh, yeah. he will be very excited, certainly. Now... Okay. Uh, and, and maybe he'll even get a cameo one day. You never know. Yeah, there you go. There you uh, go. Do you do you keep in touch with the other members of the cast? Are you guys like buddy buddy at all? Or not, uh, we don't talk very often. I mean, I've heard from them here and there. Uh, I mean, they're doing their own thing. I'm sure they're pretty busy with SwearNet and whatever other productions and things that they do. Mm -hmm. uh, just recently, I I think I talked to Mike the last time. Maybe. Um, uh they were the three boys the boys were at a, a hockey game in uh in toronto and uh and a friend of mine uh rod black uh called me and said that they showed showed them in the in the stands and he asked me to give them a call and see if they wanted to come to the alumni box and so i i did and um and so they got they uh they were escorted up to the alumni box so the so that that would have been uh, that would have been fun for them, you know, to hang out with some of the old uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and the alumni box. And yeah, and Rod's a good guy. Rod's a good guy. So I got to you're saying this now and you're inspiring me. You know, it's funny when you're when you're in acting and talent and I'm watching you, I'm thinking, why did they not make a Cyrus spinoff show? So we make a show. We call it Cyrus Jr. And the whole <laughs> show is built around Cyrus's son. And now you're the dad and he says about how his father's a prick, but you're actually still around <laughs> and hilarity ensues. I'm telling yeah. you, people would watch that. That would be funny, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how they do that. Uh, I think the character's probably owned by the three boys and, you know, the Trailer Park franchise. So I don't know how they would possibly get around that one. If Guns uh, and Roses, maybe, maybe if the, Guns and Roses could would, get back together, maybe the maybe the boys would sell the the you know the character off or something or you know or get involved in something like that. But I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I think they're, I think they've got enough on their plate. Um, it's not easy to sell sell ideas out there these days. So, um, but yeah, um, I've heard the. I've heard many times about a Cyrus spinoff show and that it would be great. And um, yeah, I often think that it would. I mean, I tried to create uh, The Adventures of Black Bart. Uh, and I think there's a 16 minute uh, video um, on uh, YouTube, maybe, um, that we uh, shot um, oh, a number of years ago now. And uh, hoping that that would we might be able to do something with that. We we, we had a lot of bites, but uh, it it didn't happen. So, you know, it's just um, and it's not really my genre to to going out there and hustling to produce or sell anything like that. I I, I kind of like 
um, just doing what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, rather than, I don't want to do the political stuff and um, I'll leave that to the producers and the, and the lawyers and entertainment lawyers that are out there hustling to do that. Um, I want to be, I, I'm, I'm comfortable being in front of the camera and, you know, maybe there's a time, time maybe there'll be an opportunity down the road sometime where I, I might get a chance to direct something. I, I don't know, but I don't, um, that has just hasn't been something that I've, I've sought after. Well, just um, plan, planting seeds. What can I tell you, my friend? Planting, planting seeds. I put, seeds, I put ideas out to the universe and uh, give me <laughs> yeah. more Cyrus. It's all I'm asking yeah, well, for. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe it'll happen. Who knows? Who knows? I, I wouldn't say die. Or, you know, I wouldn't say no. That's for sure. So, uh, you know, let's, let's keep our fingers crossed. How about that? Let's see what we can do. Looking <laughs> back, do you have a favorite episode that sticks out in your mind? You're saying like, this was one I really hit it or one I really love. Like, is there any particular one? I don't know. I think they were all pretty 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 i think they are all kind of pretty awesome in their own right you know first one was uh, you know the introduction i thought was uh that episode was great uh, i don't know um the school episode was good with me and ricky uh, um season five is probably the best season of them all really with me and the flappy bird brothers there was there was a lot of there was a lot going on there, and I, I think that was probably the most fun I had. Uh, although I had fun with all of them, um, but I would think that that I think that's probably the the one that stands out the most. Um, what was the yeah. deal with the relationship with the brothers? Did you ever make heads or tails of it? With uh, the with the two Flappy Bird brothers? Yes. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of it ambiguous, a, right? Yeah, it was. They were. They were. Kind of, they were fun to work with. That's for sure. Yes. Um, they were friends with. They were friends with uh, with Mike uh, Clattenburg as well. Um, I I haven't seen uh, Mio Nobu since. Uh, to be honest, I know they live in Toronto, but I I haven't seen them since. Um, so it's a long time. Long time. Well, if they're watching this, I'll tell them hit subscribe. <laughs> write some comments and uh, we'll connect everybody. So please, if you're watching this, share it. Yeah. Uh, any challenges in taping? So the shootouts obviously weren't real shootouts. They looked like they were, but uh, did you find, was there any risks, issues in any of the particular tapings? I think when you're using, uh, you know, any kind of live blank, I think there's always issues as we've just recently found out, you know, with, with um what happened with um Alec Baldwin um so the choreography needs to be um spread out a little bit so it becomes a little trickier I would think the for the cameramans and uh, a and b camera to tighten that up to make it look like it's happening you know within something that would make sense and not you know blocks away or anything which is Kind of where what happens. I mean, you're you're quite a you're quite a ways away when you're. I think it's nine or twelve feet that the gases from a nine millimeter um, extend. I've got a picture of that was taken during season five where the camera caught the blast of the muzzle off the muzzles. So there's actually you see the fire coming off. Wow. 
couple of feet off of the off of the off of the muzzle, which was pretty is pretty cool. I, I don't I don't I don't use that one very often for anything. Um, it's a little bit more obscure than the other ones that I tend to uh, use or sign in my autographs. But um, yeah, it's 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 not uh, it's kind of so. I would think that that's your your it's the biggest trick I would think is be for the camera and gun wranglers and everything else to kind of choreograph that, to make sure that it's safe for everybody to be around. Cause it looked pretty uh, authentic. Like when we're watching those shootouts, I remember the scene with uh, when somebody was one or two guys were up on the roof and everybody's shooting at each other. It, it looked, yeah. it, it was pretty yeah. intense. That's it. That definitely looks, uh, yeah, it definitely looks real. I'm not sure how much of that they're using anymore as far as live, uh, you know, live rounds with, with regard to blanks as opposed to CG stuff where they can, you know, I remember when I was shooting Haven, that was all CG, even though they shot everything on, uh, on, uh, on a dolly. Uh, it wasn't done with a, it wasn't done with, uh, uh, Haven wasn't shot with, with anything that was with digital camera. Uh, it was all shot with live film. And uh, they CG'd the, the, uh, the shots. Um, the gunfire and that kind of stuff. All that stuff was all edited and afterwards. So I actually just pointed the gun and said bang. And, uh, you know, they just edit your voice saying bang out of there. And, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy what they can do now. When we're watching at the time, like a 30 second shootout, how long does it take to actually film something like that? All day. All day. For 30 seconds. <laughs> I think that, whole gun scene uh i think we shot for i think that day was like a 10-hour day and i would say that two hours or was just you know the action part of you know delivering lines before the gunfight the gun scenes i think took Better part of six to eight hours to shoot all that. Yeah, it's it, it takes a long time. Yeah, and that always blew my mind in in, in uh, TV and in movie film work. It's you're you're watching this final product. You're thinking, wow, like you know, it's the greatest one minute I've watched. That could have taken one or two days to do to get it just right. Yeah, I have no doubt in my mind that you know, in some of the, these action movies and stuff, that that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. So yeah. knowing what you know today, and you've probably been asked this question also like a thousand times, but I'm going to ask it for a thousand and one. If you can go back to Cyrus from day one, to Bernard Rober's show, starting off on the show, knowing what you know today, what advice would you give your younger self? I wouldn't have changed anything. I, uh, I think the choices that I made are um, speak for themselves. I don't actually that's why one of the reasons i don't watch myself on tv uh or film um you know they hire you for a reason uh and because you made choices in your audition that made them want you to be part of the project and i think that you live with your choices and if you start second guessing those choices um then maybe you're in the wrong business. I think going back and looking at anything like that, the choices that you made at the time, 
you have three or four or five takes sometimes and you know you you tried a little bit different every time you did it and they edited it the way they wanted it to you know maybe they chopped one line and used it part of another line in order to make it all the way they liked it and and you know what the final result is is what's there so when they say that you know check the gate or moving on i'm good i guess they got what they wanted and i don't like look back at that and think oh gee i could have done that something different um maybe but you know could you not deliver a line anyway uh a thousand different ways possibly so i don't want to spend the entire day there either so you know i think i made the choices i did and um yeah like i said i think they speak for themselves i never i never go back and look at that and say oh darn i think that happened to me the first job i ever had when I uh, did night heat and I invited all my friends over and we had, uh, you know, uh, like a watch you know, party. I a, uh, yeah. I had a bunch of buddies over, to, you know, friends over to watch my first role on TV. And we had the beer going, we had a couple of joints going, you know, and we're all sitting around watching and waiting for it. And she was the first time I saw myself and heard myself. I thought, this is never going to happen again. <laughs> I was so like distraught by the whole thing. And how I sounded, and what they, how they edited it, and and it wasn't anything that I imagined. And I, I thought, you know, I'm never, I'm never doing that again. And definitely not inviting anybody over to watch me. That's for damn sure. So, and uh, you know, um, as kind of the guy I am, I, I stuck to my word. I, that's exactly what I've done um, my entire career. Even when I've gone to red carpets, I've, uh, I, I look at the floor and try not to listen to myself when I have to go to those things. And uh, I don't, I don't watch myself. Um, and I could, see Cyrus, I could see Cyrus doing the same thing, you know, I, based on, on his personality, I don't think he'd watch himself either on camera. So Pro probably not, probably no. not. So yeah. when we reflect today in the year 2022, what would you say at the end of the day is the legacy of Cyrus when you, when you reflect on him? Mm. modern day fawns i think everybody's always said that um uh, you know i don't know there's been a lot there's been the fawns and there's been some people think he's the the best uh bad guy that's never been on stage i don't know if that's the case i mean there's some great bad guys out there uh maybe not with comedy uh i don't know um uh, you know, maybe he made cool great again. Maybe I like to think that I just brought some smiles to some people's faces and maybe helped them through some tough times uh, that they were going through maybe at the same time. And if that's what Cyrus did, then I'm happy with that. You know, it's, it's so humbling, you know, the way you approach it and, uh, in my mind, I think, you know, your fans watching this will say, you don't realize the impact you made on us. Like you, you, you are modest, my friend. And, uh, you put a lot of greatness into that character and that character touched a lot of lives. And so we thank you for that. Yeah, I'm grateful, man. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been a humbling experience being able to be part of that and, and, and doing that for people. Uh, I don't think it goes, uh, I don't think it's been um, slighted by me in any way. That uh, means a lot.
It was an unbelievable feeling to drive down by the waterfront one weekend to see that red Corvette, to actually send it to Cyrus, <laughs> ask him his opinion. Is that the car? Like, it's mind blowing. Like, not many people get to do that. That's me living my chosen life. So <laughs> damn cool. That's uh, pretty cool, man. It was uh, it was a pleasure being able to, you know, to answer you when you when you sent me the text. So there you go. That's true. I get to message Cyrus on weekends. <laughs> you got my number. So that being said, now, aside from cameos, uh, you said you've done some stand up as Cyrus. Are you otherwise living the Cyrus life otherwise? No, no, no. I, I, I you know, I, I. I was happy when that all ended. Um, yeah, uh, no, I, I don't think I'd want to do that again. I don't really like living out of a suitcase unless that's absolutely necessary. And I don't really want to live out of a suitcase every night from town to town to town to town. Uh, I would, you know, if there was, uh, you know, appearances or something like that, I would do those for sure. But I don't want to go there and try to make people laugh. And you don't know whether or not they're going to, how they're going to react one night from the next. Uh, it's very tough. I, my hat goes off to anybody who's uh, chosen the, the road to be a comedian i've got some friends of mine that do it and they're quite good at it and uh and i'm gonna leave that to those guys um i'm uh i'm okay with doing what i do and and i'll leave the comedy work to them and if uh i just don't know how to get up there and uh and uh you know i've had some great material and i've had some good nights um I think most of it is really just the traveling and the night after night after night and trying new bits and seeing if it works and seeing if they bomb. And um, I'm always been a little bit more spontaneous when it comes to my comedy. And it's really kind of been reflected from lines that have been delivered to me and I react from those. And that, that's where my comedy comes from and not necessarily because I'm standing up there delivering lines that are on a bunch of lines that I've worked into an entire uh evening of comedy um regardless of what i've written or, or had other uh friends of mine who are comics help me write which is where it all that comedy came from um and it, it's a, it's a lot of work and the jokes uh, you know comedy it's always changing there's you know um there's always a better way a little better way a little better a word better verb the little tiny things that'll just make the joke the best in many ways. Uh, so if you got a long bit, sometimes, you know, it takes, takes, it can take days to write it um, and have it just tweaked. Right. And then you go back and read it and you say, Oh no, I want to change that again. Oh, that's funny or this way. So it's just a never ending writing thing. And I just, I don't have the, I honestly, I don't want to spend the time on, on uh, constantly writing and rewriting and then going on stage night after night after night like these guys do and 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 work their magic it's um it's it's not an easy uh it's not an easy route to take um but the guys that are good at it um they really know how to handle all that and i don't think that's for me so creatively artistically looking towards the future what type of roles do excite you? If you if you had your preference as far as uh, phone ringing, what what would you like to do from an acting or uh, any other standpoint? Oh, I think I would still take anything that came along. I just finished doing the voiceover for a new uh, 
animated series called Hazley. Um, there's a producer in Los Angeles. Um, she has got three projects on the go that I'm involved with. One is called The New. That's an apocalyptic sci-fi series. Um, there's some people from producers from Australia that are interested in shooting it there. And, uh, and there's another from a book she wrote called Marissa Romanoff. And uh, it's another sci-fi kind of thing. So we'll see what happens with those. I just had a big audition uh, uh, in Toronto. Um, a few weeks ago and uh i'm up for that role it's a six-part miniseries and that's all i can tell you about that one right now it's uh, no more in a in a few weeks but uh yeah they're in negotiations and we got a lot going on right now in order to try to make that work well fingers crossed my friend and uh for the record next time you're in toronto hit me up steak dunners are on me okay well i'll be there uh 22nd of august Okay, I leave August open. I'll be seeing you then. <laughs> leave August open. Look for that steak dinner, bro. <laughs> Amazing. We'll be dining it up. Probably Michael's, right. if you've heard of it. It's a great restaurant. So yeah, I have heard of Michael's. Yeah, I've okay, never so... been there, but I've heard of it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so if you're, all, if you're all dining in August and Michael's, you'll probably be seeing Cyrus and the Chosen Lawyer. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. Bernard, right. thank you so much for today, taking the time out of your busy schedule. Honestly, it was worth the wait, and you're a gentleman to the extreme. So, thank you for doing this. Yeah, it's my uh, pleasure, man. Thank you. Yeah, final, it really is. And final last for guys word. Like you, I'd be nobody, right? What's that? I said if it wasn't for you guys like you and, and my fans, I'd be nobody. So uh, so thank you. So, uh, it's, it's, uh, I appreciate it. It's one of those things that I sometimes in art that, you know, you have like the perfect painting and not enough people appreciate it. Like it, it takes the right person to appreciate art. And your friends appreciate your art, my friend. So may there be more of your art out there. I appreciate that, Jonathan. Thank you very much, man. It means thank, a lot. Thank you. And as we sign off on The Chosen Life, we do this flex, if you could don't mind. Yeah. And we say, look at those arms. Keep living The Chosen Life. <laughs> Keep living The Chosen Life. Thanks, brother. Thank you, Jonathan. Talk soon. Thanks. Talk soon, bro. Okay, bye.